We're going to enjoy today because of uh, we're continuing on the laws of the harvest. You do all remember our main text, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So we have said that Genesis 8 covers that story of the drying off of the waters after that flood during the time of Noah where God destroyed the entire earth. Noah and his family, however, together with some of the animals and some of the birds were spared by God. And as Noah exited the ark with his family, the Bible tells us in verse 20 of Genesis 8 that he built an altar to the Lord and offered burnt offerings on the altar. You know, I say to people, you know, having to praise God is, is, is not something that people must tell you to do. It's a natural response that comes from us based on the grace of God in our lives. Amen, Vazalam. And so Noah built an ark and called on the name of the Lord. And the Bible says when God smelled the sweet aroma of the, of, the, of the offering, he said, I'll never again destroy the earth in the manner that I have done. Even if floods will come, the entire earth will not be destroyed by the floods again. And we know that the floods that came had actually interrupted the normal cycle of the earth, which goes in the cycles of seasons for the year. You know there's time for winter, summer, rain comes, there's times when it's dry, there's cold, there's heat. And, and God said this cycle was interrupted because God has really established the earth to operate on a rhythm, in rhythmic manner, or to operate on principles or or natural laws. These laws were there before we came. And a law or a principle is something that comes first before everything. And so before we were here, the laws were here. So disregarding a principle will result in shipwreck. I don't know how far the report back is about the the, 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 the Titan submersible, which went down on the 18th of June, and because the, they went in to go and look at the Titanic, and the vessel they were using hadn't been tested as it should or was tested. However, they used material that was not the normal kind of material. And, and therefore, they had what was called a catastrophic implosion. Because... They disregarded the laws of nature. You see, nature doesn't care who you are <laughs> or how old you are. Uh, laws work. And, and the, the thing about it is, remember, laws don't only work in the negative. They work in the positive. That's what I like. Which means you can truly turn things around when you get on the positive side of the laws. And today I'm going to share a lot with you about decision-making or choices. So we know then these laws and these principles of nature 
operate in a rhythmic fashion. That's why Ecclesiastes 3, 1 to 3 says, to everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up. If you never understand this rhythm of life, you'll be a very frustrated person in your life. But oftentimes we don't realize that life operates on that. So in the case of Noah, what all God did is to reaffirm to him that the rhythms of days and weeks and seasons will continue for as long as the earth remains. These things will not cease. In other words, simply put, life becomes a journey that operates in rhythmic fashion. It will have night and day, cold and winter, but it will have sowing and reaping. And that's what we're talking about. Meaning, in our life, we are constantly sowing. Whether you are aware or you are not aware, we are sowing. And whether you are aware or you are not aware, we reap what we sowed. In other words, we are constantly and unceasingly sowing. And we will reap what we sow because the Bible says in Galatians 6, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. You don't reap something else, you reap what you sowed. Now, you know, oftentimes when you say that, and I want to say it again just to help you today, don't think about it in the negative or in the negative only. Think about it in the positive. All right? Tell your neighbor, think about it in the positive, especially you, I hope that's what think about it in the positive. So we note that we sow through actions, we sow through words, we sow through attitudes, we sow through thoughts, we sow through associations, we sow through obedience and disobedience, but today we're going to talk about sowing through decisions or choices. That's so important. In Deuteronomy 30, 19, God says to his people, I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death. I've set before you blessing and cursing. Then he says, therefore, choose. Choose. Mary says, choose life. Choose life. Choose life so that you and your children may live. You know, we need to say a lot about this because somehow our world today seems to want to live in compartments. People want to put their lives in compartments and disassociate themselves from the people before or the people after. We want to live in our own cocoon, insulate ourselves from everybody, be self-conscious, self-aware, self-focused, such that it's me, myself, and I. But that's not how life works. That's not how life works. We are affected by things that went before us, and we affect whoever comes after us. Because all of us are somehow intertwined interconnected. And this verse says, if you choose, those who follow 
will be affected by your choices. Yeah. So he's, God says, before you is blessing and cursing, it is life, it's death. God says, I'm not going to force you, right? I'm not going to force you, and please don't blame the devil. Don't say the devil made me do it. Because he didn't. He says, I've sent before you, God says, I've sent before you blessing and cursing, life and death. He says, you choose. He says, if, if you choose life, you and your seed will live. I wish I could talk about that live he's talking about. There's a lot that goes into the decisions that we make. The contemporary English version says, right now I call the sky and the earth to be witnesses that I'm offering you this choice. Tell your neighbor, God is offering you a choice. God is offering you a choice. He says, will you choose for the Lord to make you prosperous and give you a long life? Or will he put you under a curse and kill you? So choose life. Because as I'm offering. So in life, Barcelona, as we live life, every day, every minute, every second, we are faced with choices. Yeah. We are faced with choices. You are here because you chose to be here. I'm here because I chose to be here. Right? Everybody's here because you chose to be here. You didn't get here. You were not carried here by some invisible force. Right? You came here, and to, to be here, you had to be sure you wake up at a certain time. Right? There's a million other things you could have done. You didn't do them. There's hundreds of other places you could have gone to. You didn't go there. There's many friends you have you could have hung out with. You're not hanging out with them. Right? There's many justifiable things you could have done. Some of you probably, you came here, Friji Robert go high. Some of you, you are here, they had to push that you. You could have said, no, I'm not going, I'm going to fix my car. No, you didn't. You said, no, I'm going to church, afterwards. It's a choice. And the Bible says, Mamela, what you have chosen, the choice that you've made, it's going to affect what comes after. That's what most people don't think about. One of the things that has so frustrated me is when people try to make an inference that some of you all and they don't want to, they don't want to find out our background. When we tell them one thing, nah, 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 nah. But, but we were with them when they made the other choice. Yeah, we're not judging, but we were there. Yeah. Yeah. Let the Americans say, we was there. Tell your neighbor that we was there. And they made the other choice. So all of life is about choosing. All of life is about choosing. Now, we are reading this from the book of Deuteronomy. I don't know how many of you know that the word Deuteronomy actually means repetition of the law. This book, which repeats the law, was written by Moses. At the time Moses writes it, it locates him and the Israel in the territory of Moab, which is the area where Jordan flows into the Dead Sea. 
This was his like final act of him leading and he's about to transfer leadership to Joshua. And as you read, he delivers his farewell address to prepare the people for transition, for entering into a new era, a new season. They're going into Canaan. The teaching in this book focuses on the love relationship of the Lord to his people. And it emphasizes and calls God's people to total commitment. They must commit totally to worshiping God, to obeying God. So in chapter 30, where we are reading, the Lord is challenging his people. Saying, I know you're going into Canaan. I know you've been brought out of Egypt. I know you're moving into a time of transition. I know now you're going to be having your big houses and your lands and everything. But I, I don't want you to get carried by that. I want you to constantly remember. To put me at the center of your life and remember the choices you make after you have the houses and the cars and the money and the success and the fame. He challenges his people that even if I'm going to prosper you, I don't want you to get to a point where you forget where it all started. I'm offering you a choice that even when you are prospering, you still keep my law. You still go to church. You still pray. You still keep God at the center. Even if how, you still put your dependence on God and you don't put your trust on the things that you have. God says, I'm offering you the choice. I'm offering you a choice that as you experience life, you don't get swallowed by all the good things around you and forget your God. I want you to experience life and blessing. But this will be on your choice. I won't make you. I can't force you. It's your choice to obey me. If you obey, good. If you don't, you'll experience curses, death. And then it says, well, in verse 19, after all, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. As a matter of fact, choice is man's greatest gift. Because when you look at creation, creation, the animals and the plants for the most part, let's talk about animals which are said to be much more closer to us, particularly the chimpanzees. They say that they're our closest relatives. <laughs> what separates us from them mostly is the power to choose. Now, it doesn't mean they don't have the power to choose or they don't have a will. But animals operate on instinct. They, they don't know how to size up the situation. You know, in, 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 in during the mating season when they are in heat, uh, they, 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 when they see each other, they go for it. They don't care who's looking. <laughs> Even if the, 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 the eight-year-old is standing there, they don't say PG-13. They don't say that. <laughs> Look at your neighbor who don't know what we're talking about and say, Marawa and Amar. What's been very intriguing for me as I've been studying some very interesting things, <clears throat> you know, about ministering to people, people in deliverance, and the many stories I've heard, what has been most striking to me, and even when you read the Bible, is to note that even when people are so-called demon-possessed, they still can choose. 
that's been the most striking. I mean, I was listening to, on my way here, I was listening again to <clears throat> Lester Samra. And he was talking about um, the story that I related to you, and we've talked about it, Clarita Villeneuve. I think you'll find that on Google if you, if you this girl who was in, in a prison in Manila, in the Billy B prison. And this girl would be attacked by an unseen force. And it had baffled the, the medical world and this, even the psychology, psychiatrists couldn't figure out what was going on. And the story had made headlines and on radio, someone had actually recorded like 40 minutes of this encounter they had with this girl who was screaming her lungs out. It's biting me, it's biting me, it's biting me. And all these professionals, including priests, were trying to exercise this unseen thing and they couldn't do anything about it. And she would take on six men, beat them up by herself, uh, prison guards. It, it was a phenomenon. And and this preacher was in town and he says, I heard this on the radio. And when I heard it, the Spirit of God says, you must go pray for that girl. He said, I was in Manila. We were building a church there. I wasn't intending to go there. But God said, you must go there. He said, no, I can't go there. God says, you have to. He said, why? God said, you are my only hope. Because there's people who don't know these things. And that's why we need to teach on them. And they don't know how to deal with demonic powers. And so he went and prayed for this girl, and the girl got delivered. It's a very long story. I don't want to go into it. And when she was okay now, she said to this preacher, said, you know, there was this demon that used to come, and it would force me to do things. But she says there'd be days when I didn't want to do what it told me. Said it would, it would threaten to attack me. She would get beaten. That you could actually see tooth marks, teeth marks, and wet saliva with no unseen force. When you see things like that. I tell you, I tell you. Or a wiki I am. <laughs> I tell you. And she, he said, this girl said, when I didn't want to do what this demon was telling me, it would attack me and bite me, but it couldn't make me. That to me was the biggest revelation. Biggest revelation. Nobody forces you. Even God can force you. Come on, don't look at me like that. Tell the truth. God can force you. Some of you don't pay your tithe. Even if you know what the Bible says. Look at your neighbor and say, I think your amen is subdued. Your will is your greatest gift, the power to choose. And this is why, I must tell you parents, 
Why must we help our children to make the right choices and to stand for those choices, even if they suffer? Is to develop a strong will. Because in this world, I tell you, you have choices. Many. Many, 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 many choices. And you have to get to a point where you are a person who makes choices even if they are unpopular choices. Because you know, if I choose life, there are times when the choice for life is not what everybody is choosing. There are times when it's more popular to do the other thing. There's a mob psychology where people want to do certain things. And they forget that that it's going to come back to bite them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you have to understand. So what distinguishes us from animals mostly is our free will. doesn't mean they don't have a free will. They do. But ours is far more. Because animals operate predominantly on instinct. We have the power of choice as free moral agents. So your will is your most powerful tool that God has given to you. And that's why even in raising children, don't break their will. Redirect it. Sometimes you have children that are strong-willed. It's, it may be bad when they don't want to listen, but don't break it. Help it. You did a strong will. To have, you have to be stubborn in a positive way. Stubbornness is not bad. It's bad when it's on the wrong side. But it's good when it's on the right side. Because there's a point, some of us in school, in our class, there were only two of us who were Christians. Two. Two. The whole class used to mock us. There's a guy who used to stop the class and get into an argument with us. Some of our teachers would stop teaching and mock us. If you don't have a strong will, I'm telling you, if you don't have a strong will, You'll come under pressure. And you'll want to, you'll want to say, I mean, there's been many places I've been to back then, you know, even now. But back then, you know, you go into family events. I remember I was in one family event in one province. I won't tell you where it was. And I had visited there. I remember I was a young pastor. I'd visited there for a short break. You know, I'd gone to sleep over at my relative's house. And then there was a birthday for a two-year-old. So, so we went there. In the morning, so everything was fine. Then as 2 o'clock came, I saw adults coming. And before long, the place was full. And before long, there, were, there, were, there was alcohol everywhere. Actually, there was, a, there was a, a room there. When you opened the room, there was just alcohol. Now, you must remember, Vazalana, I'm from somewhere to this area is, is in the rural area. So, not rural, really, semi-rural. Marahasi, I I was the only one from Go Gauteng. You understand? Those days when Go Gauteng was clever, Go Gauteng, when it comes to doing wrong, you are the one who sets the pace. <laughs> Anybody knows what I'm talking about? The new way of sinning. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? You have the updated version, version 5 of sinning. And I will not forget, I remember, I remember clearly. That's when I remember. I remember we're sitting outside, so they bring all the drinks. So, not even Coke. No, there was not a single soft drink. I, I will never forget how this group of people looked at me with shock. 
What do you mean soft drink? I said soft drink. They didn't, they didn't have one Coca-Cola. No one Fanta. No Khemere. Ha! Hey! They had all kinds of... Hey! And you know what they did to make matters worse? They called one of them. And all the eyes are on you. Now you are a young guy. I wasn't married at the time. You are impressionable. People, my sister about Shebile. You know, you know how you know the pressure. And it's also way to I tell you. I, I didn't feel ashamed. I, I, I won't lie to you. I didn't feel ashamed. I, I was alright. It's okay. It's alright. Uh, look at your neighbor and say, oh, neighbor, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. Can I have some more of this? Yeah. So, Basalana, can I just have a bit more of this? It's, it's, my voice is going. So, you've got to have a strong will. Your will is the most powerful tool God has given to you. Even God himself cannot violate it. Genesis 6, 3, it says, And the Lord God said, My spirit shall all, not always fight with men. I won't strive with men. For he is only flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. God says, Imagine the, the, the God who made us, can't break his will. It's me who gave him the power of choice. Can't break it. So, choice is the greatest power that you possess. You can use it or you can misuse it. Note, there is no power outside yourself that has control over this power that you possess. You may blame someone else for the choices you made, but you and you only had the power to make the choice. The right to choose, therefore, gives you power over life or over death. Whatever choices you make, you must be prepared then to face, as one young child says, the consequences thereof. That's why Galatians 6, 7 says, in the Bible in basic English, we've been reading it, but I'm reading it in a different, different translation. It says, be not tricked. God is not made a spot of. For whatever seed a man puts in, that will he get back as grain. Because he who puts in the seed of the flesh will of the flesh get the reward of death, but he who puts in the seed of the spirit will of the spirit get the reward of eternal life. Can I hear a good amen in the house? So, let me give you the following guidelines then from the Bible. Guidelines to making the right choices. Number one, don't make impulsive and rash choices. Impulsive and right decisions. Don't decide on impulse. On unfeeling. Isaiah 28, 16 says, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Now note the last part. He that believeth shall not make haste. Look at your neighbor and say, Yeah. Please, don't be hasty. There are many people who are too quick to make decisions that are life-changing decisions. Or in the moment and in the heat of the moment, they just make a decision 
that changes the rest of their lives. Let's tell the truth, Barcelona. A lot of things that have changed the rest of our lives, just, just one minute of craziness. One minute of craziness, that was it. Growing up, you know, we, the inner area, there's a young man who had a very bad accident, train accident. Back then, I think they still do it now when they used to do train surfing. It's okay, the trains are just my own, I know. But back then, I never, it's a, it's a train surfing. It's not it's just tough. Yeah, it's just tough. So, so this guy, I think he had gone a lot of stuff for about an hour. And then some of you young ones won't know this. There used to be trains, Tama Planka. I don't know how many of you, my age group will know. Some of the ones that I don't know. What I'm, in fact, some of them don't even know what a train is. <laughs> it's another version of an Uber. <laughs> and this guy had tried Hotala stuff and then he fell off. You know, and, and so he, and you know, you know, you know, you know, Deriako Kasi. And when you were young, you know, you know, you were very foolish when you were young. He said, I'm going to look at revenge. Go yeah. training. <laughs> no, but it made sense to us then. But he said, look at revenge. So what he's going to do, he's going to get on top of one train. And then as another train passes, he'll jump off to the other train, try to kick it off the rails. I mean, really. I mean, I mean really. Really. He got a really bad accident, and Hashem, he didn't die, but he was, oh man, overnight that guy was, was confined to a wheelchair. He, oh, it, was, it was a mess. I mean, he, I, I don't know. Really, I mean, that, it was really bad. It was really bad. But, you know, he was influenced by others. You know, and out of emotions and, you know, and, and, and be careful of people who influence you to do what's wrong. Yeah. People who discourage you when you're going on the right way, they laugh at you because, that's what they say to you. And, and most of the life-changing decisions that have redirected people's destinies were made in a split second. In the heat of the moment. Tell your neighbor, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. So that's number one. Number two. Tell your neighbor, neighbor is number two. Make all choices with God in mind or with God at the center. In other words, use God's standard or his word as your standard for decision making. Thank you for that hallelujah. I really enjoyed it. It sounds so anointed. Bless you. In John 4.34, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus says, this is what drives my life. This is the standard I use. This is the yardstick I use. When, when, when I make decisions, mine is to do what is God's will. That's my benchmark. I can't believe we the benchmark, Luna. But if you want to say, a benchmark, you benchmark. Tell your neighbor, you are two thoughts. It's a benchmark. Number three, apply 
good godly sense good godly sense reason and logic and if possible go for godly counsel when you make choices and you don't know what to do some of the young people don't ask about who to marry He's a hunk. Hunk <laughs> Go for counsel, Barcelona, when you want to change jobs. And I know jobs are tough today. When people want to relocate to another place, go for counsel. You want to change careers, go for counsel. Major decisions, go for counsel. You know, right now, I'm, you know, as you know, we, we in our church for 40 years, and it's a very important time in my life. I'm talking and got senior leaders here and there. I talk to my bishop. I talk, I just talk. I need counsel. There are some decisions I need to make as we move forward. I need counsel. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Go for counsel and slow down your pace. Yeah, yeah just more your pants. Amen. Go for counsel. Proverbs 20:18 says, every purpose is established by counsel. And I want to add godly counsel. There are people who counsel you who are ungodly, who give you ungodly counsel. Every purpose is established by counsel and with good advice make war. What does it mean? What does it mean? You don't go to war before you get advice. In the words of Jesus, he says, which king is it who, before he goes to war, he takes stock to see if he will be able to win the war. Many people launch into things without making feasibility study. You don't even know if you're you don't get counsel, you don't know what it's going to cost, you run into it. Many people just jump into it. Huh? They cash in their pension fund to go and start their business. They never got advice. I see people, you know, do all kind, make all kinds of decisions in life. They never got counsel. Never got counsel. Because the, the grass always looks green on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. You were in a hurry, you didn't get married, but you decided to get married. Okay. You haven't asked people when I live on. You haven't asked. You haven't asked. Anyhow, I wanted to say something. Marke Kupa Kutla. Mudula Stulo. Ereke Kutla. Kotsoi Belilo Nabaratua. The contemporary English version says in Proverbs 20:18, be sure you have sound advice before making plans or starting a war. Okay, I haven't even told Mama because she was, yeah, I, I went somewhere. This uh, weekend, I was talking to a young, young person, young guy, and I was so impressed. I don't know if he's a Christian. I, I, I didn't ask him. I didn't ask him, but he has this major decision about his life he's trying to make. 
and he wants to marry and so on. And I was so, I was so impressed. He was asking for my advice. Hapulos. And, and then he says, you know, I decided I want to do things right. We're not going to have any kids. We're going to settle in. And I ask, how old are you? He's in his 30s. And I'm listening to him. And I said to him, I almost said, Because this is, this is not how young people are thinking these days. I said to him, my goodness, you have a sound mind. He said, no, no, I want to get help. We need to get advice before we must get counseling. Oh. I was shocked. Because that's not what happens these days. People don't go for counsel. No. Like that, it says that in the contemporary English version, get sound advice before, before making plans, before going to war. Get advice. Sometimes the advice you get you may not like. I've done that many years. There's things I went, saw pastors. If someone is ahead of you and they've achieved, what is it that you think you know that they don't know already? Now, I'm not saying they know everything. That they are successful must mean they are doing something right. And that not only are they successful, they are sustainable comrades. Because the people who are successful, they are successful. Salon, check out the big billboards. You are everywhere. Two years later, we can't even find you. But you have somebody who's been there. They've been there for a while. And they've continued to succeed. There's going to be one or two things they know that you don't know. So don't be big credit. Go and ask. And they may tell you what you don't want to hear. I know there's many decisions that I delayed because... Those who were ahead of me advised me otherwise. And I will be honest with you, when they said what they said, I didn't agree with them inside. But I had enough sense to say they know more than I do. I will accept their advice, I'll go by it, and I'm glad I waited. Oh, I did. Oh, I'm glad I waited. I saw other people who rushed out, you see? There are people who, they never finish anything. Their success is a one-year success. One thing, then, next thing, nothing sustainable. Nothing sustainable. Look at you and say, why are you so quiet? Is he talking about you? <laughs> Number four. This is powerful. Making the right choices will not always endear you to everybody. Making the right choices will not always endear you to everybody. So, you see, if you want to be loved by everybody, you, I tell you, you're going to be in big trouble. You're going to be in big trouble. Acts chapter 14, 4 rather, verse 18. Acts 4, 18. And they called them, commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Verse 19, but Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you judge. You judge. 
Mararuna, we will do what God has told us to do. Number five. This one is also very powerful. The right choices may not automatically lead to immediate comfort or pleasure. So sometimes you've made the right choice, but you don't immediately benefit from it. There's no comfort, there's no pleasure. But it's the right choice. And this is the problem of a generation that always wants to have fun. And, and we equate fun to what's good. There are times when it's not fun, it's not fun when you are training in the gym. Not at all. Particularly when you're trying to, yeah, you can you witness, particularly when you're trying to get a six-pack and another one cooler bag. It's not nice. It's not nice. If you have a coach, it's even more. It's even worse. Yeah, years ago, when I used to have a coach, my coach, he read that man. Yay. He used to really work me. Hey. Just when I think I'm done, he says, no, we have, uh, we have some more. He's, he's, he's lucky that Kipulusito. Otherwise... I used to really, really, I mean, there's days, in fact, you know, I remember he would train you so hard that the following day when you woke up, you don't know what hit you. But you know, the, the, the funny thing is, at that time, you don't appreciate it. But one day I saw Tlapa with Chaba Mumbi, hey, who's that guy? Who's that Yeah. You know, it didn't come out of comfort and pleasure. Nothing. It's difficult when you are studying. And everybody will go part into the And when I was a mustadition, Gumba go next door and you're trying to it's not easy. It's very difficult. You're praying. You're praying. Preparing, thinking about the church, you know, you, you, you have to be go high by a certain time because you are preaching the following day. Other people want to go till 12 midnight. I wanted to go to that show, but I can't. Those who don't know about hey, you are living a boring life. No, it's not a boring life, it's a committed life. It's a committed life. It matters to me. It matters. It matters that I'm at home by a certain time because I take seriously the people who come to church. I want to preach. I don't. I want to be in the word. I want to prepare. I want to pray. I want to go to bed early so that I'm rested, eat enough, come in the morning and preach well and be used by God because I don't know who's attending in the service. I don't know what they're going through. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know what it is that they will hear that will turn their lives around. So I take it seriously. So, yeah, you, you go, you go. It's not nice. It's not nice when you do that. It's not nice. Mara. The fruit is good fruit. Can I hear an Amen. Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. 
When Jesus went to the cross, there was no comfort, there was no pleasure. But the reason he endured the cross, he didn't look at the cross only, he looked beyond the cross. There are certain things you suffer for a while. You suffer for a while. You tighten the belt, go high, because you're trying to build something. How I want about record in McDonald's, it did what take away. When I was a takeaway, oh, just last finish, you go backyard. It's not nice, I'll just finish. Monday to Monday. Now you've tightened the belt because there is something beyond that season that you're looking at. Ah, uh, come on, say amen, somebody in the house. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, what are some of the major choices that we need to make in life? Let me suggest a few. The first choice, whom to serve. Whom to serve. Choose to serve God. Choose that. Tell you, it's a major choice. In my home, we're going to serve God. We pray, we go to church, we read the Bible, we serve God. Make that choice. Joshua 24, 15 And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Choose. Choose. Choose whether you serve God 100% or whomever half percent. Choose. Whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the floods or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me, somebody say, as for me. me. Tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, neighbor, as for me, as for me. My grandmother used to say, As for me. As for me. Yeah. Could I have made a decision? As for me. It doesn't matter what you decide. As for me. As for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. And he's talking to the entire nation of the Israelites at that time. Millions of people who have turned against God. This guy is bold. Not many people are able to stand in front of a huge crowd and say, okay, you go your way, but I'm going this way. And this is a problem we're finding in the world today. That we are bit by bit being coerced to embrace things that are unbiblical. In the name of being accepting. And because the crowd is buying into it, many people feel like they are off because you are standing alone. And it's worse today because you get hate speech from Twitter, from, from WhatsApp, from eh, the social media, they come hard on you. And so people feel compelled to tow the line. Look at your neighbor and say, as for me. Yes. Tell your other neighbor, as for me. Yes. Number two. Ah, this one is powerful, Basala. It's like everyone is, every, every point is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> How many of you are glad you came to church today? I, 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 I'm glad I came. To, I'm glad I came to church. Because I'm listening just as much as you, by the way. Yeah. That's why I'm saying more amen than you. Number two. Talk about things that you should make a choice about. Major choices in life. Number two. Choose to live by conviction and not by preference. Write it down. Choose to live by conviction and not by preference. 
You know, <coughs> more and more our world is telling us that truth is relative. And there are no absolutes. It just depends what your view is and how you feel. That's, 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 that's mostly what the world is trying to tell us. There's, there's no right and wrong. You know, there's always gray areas. <laughs> you know? And so you, you, you lean on the side of whatever is convenient for that time. You, you have no, as they say in the political circles, in politics you have no permanent enemies. So even if a person that I used to criticize or a party I used to criticize, if it suits me at some other... Come on, talk to me. But that's, that's politics. That's, that's how it works. So you, you, may, you may call somebody something, but when it suits you, then you go into an alliance, Lebon. Are you? Because, you know. But that's the way of the world. But you, you, you'll never make it in life when you are like that. I'm telling you. You have to have conviction. And conviction, Barcelona, for me, I believe, it must be based on God's word. God's word is the starting point. It really concerns me when I see you know, in the U.S., Barcelona, it's a, it's a big problem now. The church world is going through big problems where people are questioning the authority of God's word. And it's like, no, when Jesus said this, it was just, it wasn't true. He was just speaking figuratively. You know, there's no virgin birth, there's no resurrection, there's no this, and it's all figurative. It was for that era. Mara, if you want to contextualize in the era, so now there's no longer benchmarking, there's no standard. There's no yardstick, there's no starting point. You can, you can, in terms of conviction and belief, you don't start with you, you start with God. It, it's, it's, truth mustn't bend to me. I must bend to truth. But truth is what God said. Not what society says. Yeah. And I'm telling you, more and more, we're going to be called upon to live by conviction and not by preference. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Preference is negotiable. Preference chooses the easy way out. So you, you, you're never stable. It depends who puts pressure. You align yourself just not to be persecuted. If they put you under a lot of pressure, then you change to suit the circumstances. Conviction, on the other hand, is based on a foundation of strong belief. We've got to have strong beliefs, Basalat. Really, really. You must, Basalat, if you believe in God, believe in God. Even if you don't have to believe in God. Don't give in when Baba don't go there. Believe in God. It's fine. I believe in God. Even if this I believe in God. Oh yeah. That's conviction. That's conviction. Nobody achieves anything great or than conviction. Yeah. Psalms 119, verse 11. 
It says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. It's, I've hid it in my heart. It's, conviction comes from the heart. It's rooted in your heart. Sink your roots in God's word so that you're a person of conviction. You know, many people have said, hey, ever since, you know, and, it's, it's, and, I, and, I, and I, I, I appreciate it when they say that. Some of them have say, yeah, but so many years. You really haven't changed what you're preaching. Yeah. And I said, why must I change? It's the same yesterday, today. Why don't you take a change? <laughs> but you see, as Baruti, we come under pressure to preach fashionable messages. Messages that start with the people, not with God. We preach what suits people, comfort people. There's been many who can only do daily fashion. Let me put it in front of the fashion. It's a sermon. Konale na komaba te ba ne ba profiti wa 24/7. And some of you ila dirata ntoto. Because you don't want to pray, you don't want to read the Bible, or what? How profiti wa? Yeah, you just want someone to lay hands. Yeah, my child, your phone number is 083. <laughs> if you don't know your phone number, you are in big trouble. I really, really, really. I mean, really? Really? You're going to call me Major 3 because let's say phone number. I'm on man. Look at your level. Say, man. Are you telling me you don't know your phone number? Are you telling me you don't know your phone number? I'm on. You know, Bazana, when I look back, and I've not been in ministry for long, it's only 40 years. Only 40 years. But for these 40 years, there's been so many fashionable sermons. Periods where, and I saw people, when one of them, hey, and for all the time, Mm-mm. Yeah. Yeah. But all kind, and you know, this is a thing, this is a thing, this is a thing. You confidently sanitize it. Sanitize it. Some of these funny things. And I've often asked myself, these guys who used to talk as though you know that people the way before I decide our consultory major two. What do you think I must do? And that's all because people just want to make people feel like they know God more than others. Stay on the word. Stay on the word. Preach, preach God's word. Preach God's word. I said preach God's word. Jesus said heaven and earth will pass away but my word will stand forever. Preach the word. Paul says to Timothy, preach the word, be instant, in season and out of season. Shumayali Vangalibo. 
Preach the word. Preach the word. Don't be someone who's vacillating. Been filled with the Holy Spirit since 1979. Prayed in the Spirit since 1979. I'm still doing it today. I'm not moving there. Yeah, we've been reading the Bible and preaching from the Bible since as far back as I can remember. Started in 1978 when I was taught the word, still preaching it. That some sermons read 14 years ago, because God's word stands forever. Somebody give the Lord a shout, be that kind of a person. Hey! Thy word have I hid in my heart. It must be a hard thing, Bazalon. A hard commitment. Not fashion. Got to be in the heart. Be in the heart so that when others leave, you stay. When others question, you still hold on to it. Even in times when you don't understand, you still hold on to that. Can I hear a good amen? Can I hear a good amen? Live by conviction. Number what? Number three. I keep on saying this is very good and it's powerful. This one is more powerful than the other powerful ones. This someone keeps on getting gooder and gooder. I know that's not good English. Choose the road less traveled. Choose the road less traveled. In Matthew 7:13, in the contemporary English version, he says, Go in through the narrow gate. The gate to destruction is wide. <laughs> and the road that leads there is easy to follow. A lot of people. Somebody say a lot of people. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, a lot of people. He says, a lot of people. Go through that gate. Which one? The easy one. The wide one. The fashionable one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's more popular to do wrong. Yeah. Verse 14 says, but the gate to life is very narrow. The road that leads there is so hard to follow that only a few people find it. It's a road that is less traveled. And I tell you, God's word will put you on that road. You know, I find it strange that people, when you really start living by the Bible, even church people start Looking at you in a funny way. But the Bible says, Live your life, man. It's a roadless. Yeah, but it be flexible. It's a roadless travel. Which road is that? Choose the road of discipline. Choose the road of diligence. Choose the road of sacrifice. Choose the road of integrity. Though those are not 
common roads. That's not how our world works. Discipline. Hard work, diligence, sacrifice, integrity. Choose that road. Number four, it's even gooder than the others. Pastor, we're going to go over time a bit. Is that okay with you? Yes. I want to finish this sermon. You are listening so good. I don't want to finish. I don't want to stop it because I'm almost three quarters through. So, and then wherever they invite you to go and speak, in fact, I, I, I'm so excited, you know, our members in the church because I've come to know that there's people who actually write these sermons word for word as I'm preaching. And then WhatsApp groups You guys are amazing. I really love you for that. Really. Yeah, I think you must give yourself it's a good thing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Have them bazalon. How about a chance to come seventeen to yet the devotions? Just act like Jesus appeared to you in the middle of the night. It's amazing. Hey. But you know what I like? These are life principles. Yeah. Those of you who are younger people, you're really blessed to be learning this. Really blessed. If you can apply this, I'm telling you. If you can apply these things, and already we fell. We've tried to leave these things. For every point, I can tell you, at this time in my life, this just we don't want to talk about ourselves. We're here to talk about Christ. We just talk about our stories as an example. But it's Jesus that we're talking about. But every point here, I could tell you, this is what we did here. This is how we did here. This is what we did here. It's not just things we write. It's, it's God's word that has trained us and helped us. It's not even our intelligence. This is from God's word. So it's, not, it's not that we are great people. Oh, please. Give us a break. It's only that God is good. Yeah, we're just ordinary, regular people. Just doing our best to follow God. And if God can take ordinary people like us, I don't, I don't see why you can't be far more greater than some of us. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why you can't be. Yeah. Number four, which is Gouda. Make the right decisions now instead of procrastinating. Today, you, you, know, you know, this is what I was saying about, you know, uh, these principles. You can apply some of these things today and start on a different journey today. You could have from today, you can just start planting the right things. That's a nice thing at these principles. If your life in a hey, So, okay, from today, that's what I'm doing. You can start today. Make the right decisions now. Don't postpone. Start now. Start now. It's futile to live for some future time when things will be different. Believing that you know, maybe when I'm older or when I'm more educated or when I'm richer or when I have less problems, it will never come that time. Yeah. 
There are many people who say, no, when I'm older, and the next thing I was papama. Not only are you older, you are older, older. <laughs> you, know, you know, time goes so quick, Barcelona. So quick. There, there's someone in our church the other time who was talking to me. And I remember about, I didn't even know it was that far back. I had thought I was going to run the Combrace Marathon. Unfortunately, I have an injury on my right knee that if I put lots of pressure on it, it comes up, you know. But I had intended to run the Comrades Marathon, and I, we, had had an, we had had a discussion with him. So he doesn't know I have an injury. So Urumona, just some few months ago, he says to me, Bishop, when are you going to run Comrades Marathon? By the way, I've been running my 11th marathon. What? 11th? 11th? Does it mean it's more than 11 years ago? When I had a discussion with this guy, he has 11 medals, I don't have one. (laughs) Time is moving quicker than you are thinking. Now, of course, I have an injury, and of course, I've got some other hobby that I'm doing, which I'm happy about, for training and all that, so that's fine. But it struck me, Sali. Start today. Start now. It's 11 years now. It's 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah. Start now. I tell young people, you are, you are not too young to start serving God and living right. You know, young people say, no, you are older. By the time you are older, old. And you, you are carrying scars. Yeah. Yeah. You may, you may, may, you may start. Mara, you are carrying things. You've, you know, there are things that have damaged you. Was that Tamara already? You see, Fubalentarama. So start now. You don't wait. Start now. The good news version in 2 Corinthians 6 2 Hear what God says. When the time came for me to show you favor, I heard you. When the day arrived for me to save you, I helped you. Listen, this is the hour to receive God's favor. Today is the day to be saved today. Some of you, you were invited to come to the service today. Come here, you want really God to change your life, you want to receive Christ. You're listening to God's word, probably you are surprised. Hey, And you can feel and sense God is talking to you. I'm going to give you an opportunity before we leave here. To invite Christ in your life. I'm going to ask you, don't postpone. Don't say, knock it out next week. Do it now. Hallelujah. Do it today. I'm about to finish. We are all responsible for our lives as I close. And so, we will give an account of all the choices in our lives. 
Romans 14, 11 says, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Verse 12 says, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We're going to stand before God. God will remind you of the sermons you had. God will remind you of the opportunities he gave you that you played around with. God will remind you of the chance you had to do right. Because you see, I can give excuses to you, you can give excuses to me, but we can't give excuses to God. Because he will replay it to you in digital format. Slow motion. He will remind you. Every one of us. God will shed tears. I gave you health. I gave you strength. I gave you... Look what you did. Look, this is where you were. You remember? You heard the sermon. This is a thought that came to your mind. I spoke to you in your spirit. This is what I said, Marabona, what you did. What are we going to say? This borrowed time. One day, God will ask us. God will ask us. God will ask you of the opportunities you had to make right and you didn't. To go and say, I'm sorry, you didn't. To go make amends, you didn't. God will ask you, you had a chance to experience his power, to be touched by his spirit. But you stayed down, you remained down, you didn't respond. You didn't do it. Didn't do it. I saw Make progress, not excuses. Make progress. Make the right decisions. Excuses are good enough to only give temporal relief. You give an excuse, you are relieved for a while, but let's tell the truth. You come back to meet the same situation that you gave an excuse about. You give an excuse why you're drinking. No, it's a an excuse you give an excuse why you are so hostile yeah I was abused when I was two years old yeah give an excuse we all give excuses but excuses only give us temporal relief excuses watch delay the truth from being known because the truth does come out finally And here's what he said. Excuses will never change anything. There's people who live by excuses. You know, certain people you already know how more than you for excuse. You, 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 first time you believed it, second time you believed it, third time, and the sad part is that the person is still in the same place you found them 11 years ago. They haven't moved an inch, but they feel good to dismiss you, Kahofa, an excuse. You know, just give an excuse, just get rid of them. But even if it's Amaya, they're still in the same spot. Yeah. Excuses don't help. Ukshuguti doesn't help. Tell your neighbor, Ukshuguti doesn't help, doesn't help. Tell your other neighbor, stop Ukshuguti, stop Ukshuguti. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 37, 
Just say yes or no. Yeah, that's all. Just say yes or no. Anything else you say comes from the evil one. Yes? No. No, not no. It's good and it's bad. You know, yeah, yeah. Have you ever met those kind of people? It's, also, it's good and it's bad. You know, you're just not sure. No, 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 no. Yes? No. Are you going to serve God? No, 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 market. Let me explain. No. Are you? Yes or no? And so life and death is before us all. It's before you. What are you choosing? Choosing life is to choose what is of God. Choosing the road less traveled is a choice you have and it will affect your future tomorrow. In essence, for as long as the earth remains, Every day we make a choice. Choices that make our destiny. Choices that lead up to a final destination. And when we look back, we realize it's a choice. And you know the truth? Nobody forced you. Satan may have influenced you, People may have pressured you, but at the end, you had the power in your hands to choose. So God says, choose life. Choose life. Choose life. Bow your heads with me. Can you do the Marona or Marana Wamaran? 
Just pray and just worship Him today. Ritusa <laughs> Please remain standing. Please remain standing. Just bow your heads and close your eyes, please. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. If you are here, maybe this is your first time, or might not be your first time, but as yet you haven't received Christ in your life. But as you've been listening to God's word, you realize, you know what? The first place to start is to start with God. Only He can turn the direction of my life around. You look at your life, you realize it's really not pleasing before God. But you want to bring that life to God and say, you know what, God, here's my broken life. I want to give it to you. I want to ask that Jesus should come into my heart and make me a child of God. I really need prayer. I need your help. If that is you, our heads been bowed and our eyes closed. If you say, Bishop, please pray for me. I want to make a choice today to invite Christ in my life. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand, please, if that's you? Just raise it high where you are. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. I really, really appreciate it. Do it now, as I said in the sermon. Don't wait for another time. This is the time. Hallelujah. May I ask the people who raise their hands, I want to pray for you. I know this is an important decision for you. Can you please come from where you are, take your Bible, your bag, your purse, any of your belongings, and just walk to the front and come and stand here in front of the stage facing me so that we can pray together. Oh, yes. Keep walking, keep walking.
Don't remain in your seat if you need to be here. Come on.